Just Believe Go podcast special episode number one. I've got my cousin Kingston and his wife Crystal with me today and sounds like a family thing but really he's a pastor and they're doing exactly what I'm trying to get across to everybody is possible. And they're following what they feel like God's putting on their hearts. They have a really cool um, online clothing store at anchorandabide.com and they do YouTube videos at youtube.com slash anchorandabide. Um, and they're doing it all with three little kids. And that's exactly uh, what I'm trying to get across to people. And plus, they have a really, really good insight on um, working God into your day and how to use rituals to you know, anchor your day and get you through the day and uh, make God part of all of it. Basically, the whole project is just helping moms find ways to... Um, be more bold in their lives um, because I firmly believe that God doesn't want any of us living mediocre lives and we all get so bogged down with just general life that it's so easy to decide the things that he may have planted in our hearts because we're busy. And so the whole like thing behind this is to help moms get their stuff together so that they do that. And as a result, be a good example to their kids. Um, because if we don't teach our kids to make bold moves and do big things for God, then, you know, they're not going to do it either. And the very first week is called Reverence and Ritual, and it's all about finding time to devotion and, you know, pray and talk to God and stuff like that. And I thought you guys would be really good for the, that topic because of, you know, just who you are and what you've got going on. Yeah, thanks for thinking of us. I'm super excited about your project. I just, I just signed up. <laughs> so we started a YouTube channel uh, back in December, uh, towards the end of December, called Anchor and Abide. Um, and uh, we really felt like God was calling us uh, to do that. He was stirring within us to do that. He'd been, he'd been kind of stirring within us to do that for some years. And we were putting it off and putting it off. And uh we really couldn't put it off anymore. Um, it was uh, it was, it was uh, pretty intense, I guess you could say, the the desire and the, the stirring to, to do that. Um, it really didn't make sense for us to do it. It has been very challenging to maintain, and we have definitely not hit all of our goals. Um, but we're absolutely still pursuing it and um, looking forward to growing in it. Um, and we, uh, through that, have also started selling T-shirts, um, and, uh, the t-shirts are the YouTube channel and the t-shirts, um, are, are our intention with the YouTube channel and the, specifically the YouTube channel and the t-shirt, I'm redundant there, but you can edit stuff. Um, our goal with the YouTube channel is to, uh, to point people to Jesus, um, to stir affections for Jesus, um, um, to, to kind of model for people. Um, what it looks like to live messy lives in every way, messy in every way, um, and uh, and still love Jesus and still pursue him um, in a very imperfect 
way. Um, and, uh, you know, as we, as we try to grapple with that and wrestle with that, um, we're just kind of uh, putting that on, on display um, and talking specifically about spiritual formation. Uh, Crystal got her master's in spiritual formation um, and uh, it, uh, it, it has rocked both of our worlds, um, just uh, learning what it means to pursue Jesus in everyday life. Um, and so we're just, uh, we're just trying to do that and model that. Um, and the shirts, uh, we hope that whenever somebody sees one of our shirts and decides to buy one of our shirts, that uh, then every time they put on that shirt, um, we hope that they chose to buy it and we hope that they put it on. And uh, that in doing so and purchasing it and in putting it on that their affections for Jesus are stirred and that they're reminded of who they are um, and who Jesus is and who they are in, in Jesus. Um, and uh, then we also hope that uh, that uh, can help them as they go out in the real world and as they encounter other people. Um, if someone uh, does start a discussion with them about their shirt, um, we hope that uh, because the shirt means something to them, uh, so that it's something personal that they can connect their testimony to uh to reality about to the reality of who God is and, and who they are, and, uh, and then share the gospel um, with uh, the individual who is uh, interested. So um, that's uh, that's what that is. Do you have anything you want to add, baby? Um. Uh, um. I just wanted to add that we're really excited um, that you asked us to. I don't know how quiet she's going to be. You're fine, because, like, the whole point of this is doing things even though your kids are there. Like, perfect. Like, other interviews have kids in the background. It's totally, like, that <laughs> the whole point is that doing stuff even though you are a parent. That's a lot of it. You're good. <laughs> okay, um, just that I'm really excited that you asked us to, uh, like, talk on um, ritual and reverence, reverence and ritual, because, um, like the kind of part of the theme of our blog, it, it being like spiritual formation and um, where religion meets reality. And um, so like, to me, that's kind of like the reverence and ritual, you know, like we can kind of love God and commit to following God, but then when it gets to kind of the day-to-day -day ins and outs of like our lives and our, our everyday lives, like you need some ritual there to um, kind of maintain maintain that commitment to actually follow through on your commitment to following Jesus. So, so yeah, it's kind of perfectly aligns with our mission and what we're trying to share with where we are in our journey and, and how we're trying to journey with others. Love it. I love what you guys have going on. And it's so funny because and that's exactly the kind of thing that I've been going through with this project. Like, I actually had the, like, push from God about it like six years ago and I've drugged my feet and kicked and screamed the whole way and like no this is not what I'm supposed to be doing I don't even like nobody's even gonna listen to me why would I do this and I just like he wouldn't shut up until finally I'm like <laughs> I'm gonna do it <laughs> all right I'll do it and it's just you know it, it's like once he decides you're gonna do something you're gonna do it even when life exactly. and even no matter what <laughs> So, so that being said, you know, I know you guys have small kids and that's like, you know, finding time to do things like devotions and stuff like that really, really hard. So how do you fit that in, in your day? How do you make 
it happen as often as you can or do you or like what how do you guys handle it um so um i know that especially especially in like the immediate time postpartum like i really struggle with like finding time for having a maintaining a devotional life and um i've gone through like a lot of guilt tripping like guilty myself about um not really having a time where i'm sitting down with like my bible and like tea and a journal and a commentary <laughs> and like really diving in um mm -hmm. so what i've found what i really discovered through my program was um i mean i kind of i didn't know actually what spiritual formation was and um, I knew what discipleship was, I knew what Bible study was, but not really spiritual formation and, and what all I encompassed. And, but when I, what I discovered through it was just like, that I was kind of compartmentalizing um, my faith unintentionally. <laughs> unintentionally compartmentalizing my faith. Um, and so I had, I was, I was shooting like the kind of gold standard goal that I had in mind was having like, 30 minutes in the morning, like, before the kids woke up to, like, have Bible study time, and, like, if I, and then, like, having, like, nighttime prayer time, and, and if I did, didn't meet that mark that I had set for myself, I felt like I was somehow feeling God, and, and when, when reality, God wanted to be doing life with me, like, he wanted to always be, um, like, I mean, for, for me to be living in, like, the ultimate reality of his presence, and right. so, um, where I really encountered it, I think, first was um, reading um, Brother Lawrence's Practicing the Presence of God. And it mm -hmm. kind of just shifted my entire thinking from, like, having, like, a morning Devo time that was, like, a pass-fail kind of checkmark thing, um, which I still, like, that's still a goal, but, like, just kind of pulling back and broadening my, um, just having, putting on different lens and, like, looking for God in everything. So, right. um even if I don't have a morning devotional time, I will still be washing the dishes with God or changing uh, a diaper with God or, you know, yeah, I love that. with God. Yeah. So like, it's just totally, and it's just, it's giving me more of an appreciation for life. And it's really helped me with my guilt tripping of myself. Um, right. And kind of the same concept with scripture. Um, I um, learned about uh, Lexio Divina. And um, where it's kind of like, instead of, instead of the only way that I read scripture being, um, you know, diving in um, medically and um, with the commentary or with the, you know, um, study Bible, um, sometimes um, that's so good and that's so great and that still really gets to even things. I think you have to have that foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, having gone to Bible college, it was kind of, the Bible was kind of becoming a textbook for me. Right. And I was reading to get something out instead of reading it for God to get something out of me. Instead of me examining the scripture, now I'm trying to read it so that scripture, God's word can examine my heart and mind, um, and behaviors. So, um, so instead of just diving in, I'm kind of like reading it, even if it's only a verse rather than like trying to bust through it, um, like, you know, so many chapters a day or something like that, even mm -hmm. if it's just a verse and kind of hold on to throughout the day, I just sit down 
I read a verse, read it over and over again. I ask God if there's a word in the verse for me, um, a message for me, or I should just pull out even just like a single word that he, that, to highlight. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you, and just sitting in front of him um, and just waiting instead of trying to, I guess, like dissect it, let right. it cut me open. And like, what do you want to say to me today? God, I'm just kind of giving him space to just speak. Um, I'd never done that before. And I, I almost, not almost, and I definitely would have, the first time I heard that, I was like, yep, that's new agey. And that <laughs> is, you know, that's leaving room for error. And like, you know, we need to, and so, um, but if you already have the foundation there, if you already know the scripture, the passage in context, you know, um, right. there's no danger there. You know when it's the Lord. And if it's a spirit that isn't saying Jesus is Lord, or saying something contrary to the rest of the whole council of scripture, well, you right. know that's not from God yourself. That was from your flesh. That was from the enemy. Right. Um, but if it's like you need to forgive your husband because I've forgiven you, well, you should probably listen to that. You know, so <laughs> probably. You know, the passage isn't, you know, speaking to, you know, it isn't about husbands and wives. God can, you know, God speaks through his word. It's living and active. So mm-hmm. um, as far as like, yeah, so that's a that that's become part of my uh, morning routine. Um, part of the way that I start off my day, um, I try to it hopefully every day. But even if it's not every day, um, sometime throughout the day, um, I'll encounter scripture. I'm, I go to a lot of Bible studies. <laughs> it's kind of a my pastime. Um, but and I'll just um, yeah, that's that's a huge part of my devotional life. Um, and so that's how I like to start my morning is with um, like some. Uh, um, and then in the evenings we do something with the kids it's a part of our um it's a ritual that our family has um and it's um, and I, I think it encompasses devotion devotional time um, what i would call our devotional time um with the kids is um in spiritual formation it's called um practicing the uh yeah the prayer of examine examine mm-hmm. And, um, but the way we do it with the kids is we just um, tell them where we saw Jesus in our day. So, um, so what did you say today? In his sermon prep. But sometimes, um, it's something simple, like, uh, they shared, they they were, you know, they both wanted a toy, but one of them chose to give it up for the other one. Or, um, or, you know, we were at the library and the librarian read this book and it could be literally anything, but we find something in the day that that is where we saw Jesus, how we put it to them, and then we tie it into the gospel. Um, and then you'll be surprised how many times, like, it's like, well, I don't know where I saw Jesus today. And, like, that's so sad, you know, that we can't yeah. our entire like, not really see God. And so it really has raised our awareness, like, kind of our spiritual antennas have gone up to, like, okay, did I do this day with God? You know, mm-hmm. it's then you'll have plenty of examples at the end of the day. Right. I love that. And I love the idea of just working it in, in like, you don't have to sit down with your Bible and, you know, have quiet time or whatever. You can work it in, in your life and make it work and it can still speak to you and it can still make differences in your lives. And I understand completely like, you know, Bible college really burns you out on (laughs) the Bible sometimes. And by the time I was done with, Bible college, I felt like, you know, I've already read the whole thing. I don't need to read it anymore. And 
I would, you know, really for actually while the kids were little, I probably hardly ever picked it up. We had a kid's Bible that we read with the kids every night and, you know, a devotional book that we did with them every morning before school when they were young. But that was about the extent of it, trying to keep it there. But I was just like, I don't even want to look at it. I had to study the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not, I've been there. I've done that. I know what it says. But and I'm getting back more, you know, lately I've been back into it more and like you just finding little verses you know picking it up I, I try to start in the morning but it doesn't always work out that way and you know it usually does make my day better if I do start with a prayer or, or something like that as long as I you know make time for it but I love that just working it in through the day and seeing Jesus throughout the day it's really good it's really good stuff yeah well you know we're supposed to do everything to the glory of God so then that, that tears down the dividing wall between sacred and secular. There's nothing that you can do that isn't to God's glory. So there's nothing that you can do that isn't an act of worship, as long as it's not sinful. But even right. but God, but God can even be found in sin. You want me to elaborate on that, Pastor? I'm saying even whenever we sin, we can we can still experience God there. There's nowhere where God can't be. You know, there's a psalm. I don't know what psalm it is, but. You know, I go to the heights of heavens, and you're there. I go to the depths of Sheol, and, and you're there. There's nowhere we can go to escape the presence of God. The question is, are we acknowledging His presence as there, or are we just ignoring it? And even whenever we sin and whenever we stumble, it's the presence of God isn't something that we have to find, or that we have to find our way back to, or work our way back to. It's just there. And in the midst of sinning, we can turn to God, and we can even bring our sin to Him while we're sinning. You know, right. um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's there. Deep stuff right there. But you're right. I mean, that's it's very accurate. Whew. One thing I find really funny, if I can talk, are you done, baby? One thing I find, and I say funny, it's not funny at all, but uh, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> how, how, how much guilt we have surrounding Bible reading and prayer, you know, anytime, anytime you ask somebody, Hey, how's your prayer life? You know, the best answer that you'll probably get is not as good as it should be, you know, and there's, there's, cause there's always guilt and there's always this acknowledgement of, well, I could be doing better. Well, I could be doing better. Um, Hey, how's your Bible reading? Well, you know, not good. We, We just, we just carry this guilt. And then Whenever we approach it, so many times we approach prayer, we approach Bible reading, we approach other spiritual disciplines because we're guilty and we're mm-hmm. trying to appease our guilt. You know, okay, well, I read my Bible today, so I don't have to feel guilty today. I pray today, so I don't have to. I don't have to feel guilty today. And and that that's a starting point. Um, but God is inviting us into so much more. I like that's not a relationship. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're just appealing. You're not developing a relationship with him, which is what he wants. Right. Like, if I clean, if I do the dishes just to, you know, because I don't want Crystal to, I don't know. If I if I do the dishes, I don't know. I don't know. That's too dicey. But <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. You're not doing it for the right reasons if you're just doing well, it do, at you. If I do <laughs> If you're doing the dishes to practice making babies, even though we're not trying to make babies. Right, right, <laughs> right. Then, like, that, 
that kind of like defeats the purpose of, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing the dishes for Crystal. I'm doing the dishes for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. Not, it's not an act of service to Crystal. Um, if I, if I like, if I approach scripture reading, prayer, or any other spiritual discipline to appease my own guilt, then one, I'm not serving God because right. for me, and two, I'm actually trying to take His place by redeeming myself, and I don't have to redeem myself. Right. You know, He's He's redeeming me, so I'm, I'm I'm sitting in His position, and I'm I'm not doing it for Him. I think the problem the problem with um, I think the reason that we guilt ourselves about Bible reading and time and prayer. Um, is that we we think that our faith is more doing for God than being with God. Right. And that's why having rituals like the prayer of, of, of examen and Lectio Divina and a big ritual that we are um, starting to implement is, have, have started to implement is um, the discipline of Sabbath. Having had taking a Sabbath, just one day of rest. Um, I think that's why those are so important because they remind us that, like you said, you struggled with okay, well, I know everything in the Bible, but has the Bible searched every inch of who we are? Right. You know, it's so yeah. easy to fall into the trap of um, just doing for God, so just being with God. And when we, and that's why Sabbath has been a big deal for us because. On Sabbath, you, you just feel like, when you take a Sabbath, you feel like, I am not being productive right now. And then yeah. you're confronted with how big it feel like your worth is in what you do. And and part of Sabbath that we're discovering now is, is not only, if not Sabbath isn't like, okay, now I can catch up with all my Bible reading and prayers to make myself feel better throughout the week when I don't do it. But Sabbath is just literally resting in God's love for you and God's grace for you and delighting that he's already provided everything that you need and that you're not the one providing. So if you don't work, you know, these extra hours, it's okay. It's not in your hands to provide for you. It's in God's hands. If you, you know, don't take care of the entire house, it's okay. It's God's house. Like if, so if there's issues left in the sink, if there's laundry to be done, it's all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sabbath is just a really huge um, ritual that we should implement in reference to God. It's honoring to him, you know, it's honoring to him because it's, it's saying, I know I'm free. I know I, I, my trust is in you, not in what I do. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just like, just commenting that I really like the idea of that. It's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Sabbath has been really cool. A really good thing for us. Um, and one thing that we do also, this is just kind of a, uh, a tip for um, I guess other other families and I know not every family will be able to do this um, and that's okay but for those that can um, you know so we pick if, I think I think Sabbath can be any day of the week it doesn't have to be Saturday but right. for us with our, with our schedule Saturday is typically the best day to do it mm-hmm. um, so so it is Saturday for us and then we try to one Saturday a month um, I'll take the kids. And Crystal will have what we call a renewal day on the Sabbath. Um, and so it's just a day where she doesn't have to deal with the kids. She can sleep in as late as she wants. She can watch whatever she wants on Netflix or Hulu. 
or you know she can yeah. she can she can do whatever rejuvenates her and whatever um, whatever she finds rest whatever she finds restful um, mm -hmm. and then vice versa you know the uh, the next not the next Saturday but another Saturday in the month Krista will take the boys and Zoe and I will I will have that mm -hmm. um, and that's been really that's been really nice um, yeah. I'm something that I really look forward to every week and uh, really look forward to the renewal day. Um, but uh, one thing I was going to say earlier, I really, I, on the one hand, like guilt should not be what drives us to spiritual disciplines. Um, you know, so we need to shed ourselves of that. And that's hard. Um, Crystal and I are still doing that. I mean, so there, there, it, 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 you can really ride yourself with guilt so often. Um, but it is a starting point. You know, my, my journey with spiritual disciplines began whenever Crystal and I got into this massive fight. Um, and uh, it was, it was like, it was, I mean, it was super huge, like days long. And yeah. um, it was really bad. And I got really angry and um, acted on that anger, you know, um, and uh, really emotionally hurt Crystal really bad. And I thought, man, why, you know, like, how, how could I do that? You know, because I love her and yeah. I think she's really awesome. You know, and I went to, a, I went to a, uh, I went to a mentor and I confessed to him, you know, like, hey, I said this and uh, I said it to hurt her and like, you know, this happened and then this happened and then this happened and and he was very comforting, you know, and he, you know, well, it sounds like you're, you know, you're repentant and you've confessed and, you know, just walk in the grace of the Lord. And I needed that because then I sit down with a peer, uh, uh, a guy that's my age that I'm really close to. And I did for the same thing, just to confess to him, you know, and, and uh, have him pray for me and for us. And he just said, hey, you know, like, I got a question, like, do you love your wife? And I was like, whoa, bro, like yeah, I love my wife. He's like, okay, I'm just like, you say you love her, but like, I can't just, I, I, like, he's like, I'm not trying to be mean. Like I'm legitimately asking because if you said what you say, you said to her, like, it's really hard, like for me and probably for her to reconcile that you, know, you love her. Right. Well, you know, dang dude. Like, so that, that hit. And I just started like, okay, well, why did I do that? Of course I love her. I know I love her. That's, that's not, that's unquestionable, but why did, why do I act the way that I act? And I realized it's just, I don't understand the gospel. I understand it in my head, but I'm not, I'm, it's not making a heart connection. Right. So, uh, so what do I do? I'm like, well, I guess the Bible, you know, like, I, you know, I, I know the Bible, but I guess that's where I need to go. So I went to it with guilt. That was what, that was what drove me there. Right. Yeah. And my prayer was father, like I'm coming, I'm coming to the scriptures because it's the only thing I really know to go to. And I'm doing it, you know, by my own willpower because I feel bad. And I know that these aren't the right reasons, but I need you to, I need you to, my reasoning. I need you to change my motivation for doing this. So I'm going to start with what I have and I need you to, I need you to, to do something with it. And right. he did. And it was awesome. Um, it was really cool. So guilt isn't the goal, but it is, it is a starting point, you know? So if, if we're, if we're finding ourselves constantly going in these cycles of coming to spiritual disciplines and trying to spend time with God and trying to establish those rituals 
and reverence. If, we're, if we find ourselves constantly doing that and then, uh, you know, falling out of it for a season and then feeling guilty and then letting that guilt drive us back and then we do it for a little bit and then we fall out of it and then we feel guilty. And if we find ourselves in that cycle, I, I think the best way, maybe maybe like the only way to really break it is to come to him and be honest about it. Like, I know this isn't the right right reason to come, but this is why I'm coming. And I need you to do something about it because I want to spend time with you because of who you are, because you're awesome, and because of what you show me about me and because of how, how being with you affects my relationships. And just because you're good, I just want to sit with you and hang out with you because you're good. That, like that, yeah. that's the goal, to approach him and to spend time with him and to seek his presence for no other reason other than he is who he is and he's awesome. Um, so we need to shed ourselves of guilt on the one hand, but on the other hand, if we don't, sorry, I'm talking so much. You can, you can edit whatever you want to edit out. You're fine. I'm not editing any of this. Keep I won't going. be offended. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. On the one hand, we need to shed our guilt. It's a starting point. And I think we need to start somewhere, even if that's where, because if we don't, if we don't rule our rituals, then our rituals are going to rule us. And what I mean by that is that we all have rituals. Everybody has rituals. We don't always know that we have rituals, but somebody could be easily thinking, man, I'm not, all right, I hear it. I need to, I need to establish a ritual. I need to do that, but I can't do it right now because I'm just too busy. I'll do it whenever life slows down. And that, that doesn't ever come because you actually already have rituals. You just aren't acknowledging them as rituals. And right. those, they're, they're ruling you, you know, they're determining how you spend your time. You're not determining if your rituals are. Right. Um, and whenever we take control of those and whenever we then surrender them to, to father, to God, whenever we do that, then we, we, we're taking, we're, 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 we're letting, we're ruling our rituals and we're, we're setting ourselves in a, in a position to, to really come to revere him, yeah. uh, to keep it, which of of this. Whatever. Yeah. We're living yeah. with intention and, and purpose. Right. Um, there's something else I was going to say, but I forgot. I don't know, but you were talking about um, guilt and whatnot. And like you said, it's really like, it's a lot of us need to start there. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes people say, you know, it's not about religion, it's about relationship, and that's so true, and I appreciate that so much more now. That being said, religion, Jesus was religious. You know, religion right. is, is, is the ritual. People say, people say it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship, and then they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right, so you can say that, and it, and it is, there's truth to it, but to say, therefore, I hate religion, well, the religion part of it is what gets you, the religion part of it is what anchors you when the waves are crashing all around, when there's, when you can't, you don't know you're up from your down, when you don't know whether or not you even like God, let alone love him anymore, your religion <laughs> is what is, anchors you, is what says, you know what, but I know this is true, and I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to pray, I'm still going to, you know, attempt to read this word, okay, I can't read it right now, but I'm going to try again in the future, like, the, it's, yeah. it's that religion that keeps you, that, that comes back, that keeps you coming back. Right. We say, we say it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship, and we throw the re- religion out, but, like, we don't do that with any other relationship that we have in our lives. Like, right. there are times where the relationship that I have between Crystal and I is rocky, you know, and I don't get to say, and I don't, like, feel love from her, you know, 
And so the relationship isn't really like, isn't good. And so I, I don't say, well, it's not about a marriage license. You know, it's about love. It's about a relationship. Yeah. So I don't have that right now. So I'm going to, you know, no, like the, the covenant is still there. My vows are still there regardless of how I feel. Right. So religion is still important, but sometimes you have to go through the motion and so, so, so that might be starting off feeling guilty, going through the motion for, for that reason. And of itself, just, this is my religion. This is what I'm supposed to do. But that is so not at all where God wants us to stay because a lot of times we feel guilty and we're afraid that God might not love us as much or that, you know, we're not as mature as we're supposed to be and true love casts out fear. Um, and it's really, if we really, really have reverence for God and see how holy and how great he is, we, we remember that Jesus is our, is ultimately our Sabbath. You know, we, I think a lot of us nowadays, um, you know, um, and like, as like evangelicals, like we kind of, we've let go of the Sabbath because, okay, we don't have to practice that. That's, that's legalistic, but really it's the most freeing thing. Um, and you know, is to practice having that spiritual discipline out of the Sabbath, but in light of the fact that Jesus ultimately is our Sabbath and that we can rest in him and we can rest especially in his grace. And when we aren't giving ourselves the grace that God gives us, we're putting, we're usurping his position. Like if God can give us grace, or if God can forgive us, then who are we to not? Right. Yeah, exactly. Who are we to not give grace? Um, I think a lot of the people who say, you know, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. Sometimes I feel like those people have had bad experiences with religion and need to understand that, you know, one bad experience with religion shouldn't cover all religion. Like, it's not all like that. It's not all bad. You just have to, you know, find what works for you. And I know, like, for me, not it's not that I quit praying or anything else like that, but the stuffiness of the churches that, you know, that I grew up in was like the prayers were so always the same, always saying the same things, always, it just never really changed. It was always the same. And I found like when I talk to God, I just talk to him like he's here. And if I'm mad at him, I tell him I'm mad at him and I'm, you know, whatever. And I feel like it's so much more real. And like, I feel like I get more answers from him when I, talk to him like that just a prescribed exactly. exactly that's praying without ceasing just having a conversational relationship with god it we don't have to bring any you know mighty you know words we don't have to have any sort of um whoops, there was a screen <laughs> we don't have, you know articulate or have any sort of fancy language we just talk to him like you know like he's our friend because he is our friend. He wants to be our closest friend and our, our dearest companion. And he wants to journey with us and everything. So, um, yeah, happy, sad, mad. When you look at the Psalms, there's so many that are laments. Yeah. The, like the, the David, the man after God's own heart, wrote the most raw stuff, you know, yeah. just, out his heart, you know, his anger towards his enemies, his, you know, fears, his anxieties, his, you know, so we can, we can bring it all before him. Um, yeah. Well, do you guys have anything else you want to share or do you need to? Uh, 
you want to make your little kids and I'm trying to um I'm trying to cultivate a rhythm to my life that includes more self-care because as a mom I just know mm-hmm. that I'm just thinking you know, the audience is primarily moms. Um, yeah. And in this season, especially, it seems like it's impossible. But what's impossible is having four kids or three kids, four and under, and not have self-care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when yeah. What I'm finding is that um, my relationships and how I conduct myself in those relationships um, are a really good thermostat for whether or not I've had, you know, really good self-care and, you know, rest being the biggest one um, and just resting in God's presence. Um, And um, so when, you know, when the kids are acting crazy or my sweet husband is acting crazy or whatever, (laughs) whether whether or not I bite back, um, I surely am, you know, harboring, ill, you know, like, resentment or something like that in my heart, I'll, you know, I, I use that as a thermostat for, okay, like, have I been doing what I need to do? Like, am I, am I resting in God? Am I fulfilled in, you know, my calling and who I am? And I think that's a big of it. I really like your message of, you know, just boldly go, just, you know, pursue what you feel like God has laid on your heart, even if you feel like, okay, this isn't the right season, or, well, you know, right now I'm just supposed to be focusing on the kids. It's it's really honoring to God when you obey Him in general, but it's honoring to God when you're when you step out in boldness and in faith, and your kids get to see that too. And right. I think we're better wives and better mothers when we are better women. Yes. When I have an identity myself and that identity firmly being rooted in Christ, um, but knowing that Christ wants us to flourish in who who we are in him as women so that that can pour out to our husbands and to our children. Exactly. So lesson I'm learning right now, do not have not figured it out at all. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> I, that's really speaking to me is to surrender these roles and, and be the woman he's calling me to be. Right. And it's, you know, there's never ever going to be a perfect time to do anything. And I figured that out, you know, like way long ago, uh, that, you know, if I waited until my kids were technically big enough or whatever, I would have never done anything. It, they went everywhere with me, and we just did everything together, even when it was hard, and, you know, it all turned out okay. And everything, it, this has taken me a lot longer than I wanted it to, but, you know, I've been plugging away, and here we are. So, you know, that's, and that's exactly what, like you said, that that's my point is, doing the things that you know that God has intended for you and not putting him off just because you have kids, because your kids need to see you following what God tells you to do. Right. Right. And when you're loving and leading and teaching and working from a place of rest rather than obligation or guilt, guilt or exhaustion oh. or desperation, you are, you're honoring God and you're honoring the people that you're in, in you're, you're honoring others and you're honoring your true self. Right. Okay. Um, if I could say, if I could say one more thing Yeah. Um, that I found really encouraging. There's a, there's a guy that Chris and I both really like. Um, he's, he passed away a while ago. Um, and we didn't, he's an author um, and uh, a, a Christian philosopher actually and a speaker. His name's Dallas Willard. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's awesome. Um, and uh, I've been listening to a lot of his lectures lately, um, just on YouTube, just plugging him in and listening sometimes to the same one over and over and over again. There's so much there. But um, he, he one time was asked in a panel, what does your – uh, what is your daily practices? What, what are your daily practices look like? And I was like, oh man, you know, like I'm ready to get a pen and paper and like write this. <laughs> write this. And like, I'm super pumped to find out what he says. And he said, well, he said, I wake up in the morning and I quote the 23rd Psalm and I quote the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> That's kind of a letdown. <laughs> that was it. That was all. And I was like, what? And he's like, and that, that's all I do every day. He's like, that, that's the only thing I commit myself to doing every day. He said, and I don't, I said, I don't just quote it. He said, I, 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 I quote it very slowly. And I, I really reflect on what I'm saying and internalize what I'm saying and experience the reality of what I'm saying. Um, but that's what I do. Um, and he said, uh, you know, he said, I, I, I enjoy taking uh, bulks of time, you know, throughout the week or throughout the month to, uh, you know, read a good chunk of scripture at a time, or he likes memorizing scripture, you know, memorizing a good chunk of scripture at a time. Um, but he, uh, but every day, you know, what he does every day is quite manageable. And he said, why? He said, some days I'm just too busy to do anything else. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Amen, Dallas. Like, yeah, you know, like, he's, but it's like, he doesn't like get up at three o'clock in the morning to, you know, read his Bible for three hours and then spend two hours of prayer before anyone else gets up. Like, that's not what he does. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's no, it's not. there's not anything wrong with that. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that when we're talking about rituals and establishing them and establishing a rhythm for our lives, we're in different seasons. And, and some people can spend, you know, 30, 45 minutes, an hour a day reading scripture. Um, right. And that's great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And some of us can't, you know, some of us just, just, we practically, we can't do that. And it's a, it, what, for those of us who can't, we need to, we need to be able to un, let go of the guilt that, that we can't and understand that spiritual disciplines aren't what make us holy. You know, it's mm-hmm. that it's it, God, God is making us holy and his presence is, is everywhere. And we can dwell with him all the time, not just whenever we're practicing those spiritual disciplines. So I found that really encouraging whenever I heard Dallas Willard say that and uh, just real simple and real easy. Um, but, but it is something and it doesn't have to be that for everybody. I think the key is to find something simple um, that we can do every day. It doesn't have to be a lot. Something right. really simple that we can do every day that centers us, um, that, that reminds us uh, in a very real way of who we are and who God is. Um, so that we can carry that with us throughout the day. I think that's really important. But it doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be anything daunting or anything scary. Right. right. There can be the whole point of having rituals really is that it is simple is for simplicity and freedom's sake. When you have a rhythm to your day, then you're not scattered and trying to grapple at um, you know, huge chunks of time that aren't there. Right. Um it's just a part of part of your lifestyle is being with God. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> my no, no, it's my brain's full. 
It's because you're mom, and it happens. <laughs> I used to be able to remember everything, but then now that I have kids and clients, and if it's all gone, like there's nothing, nothing is retained in there unless I write it down. <laughs> so unfortunately, I never had very good memory. <laughs> Just motherhood has made it so much worse. Or fortunately, because you're not missing it. Wow, that's wow. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that when, you know, when discussing rituals, there are things that, you know, um, more practical um, tips and tricks and, you know, things that you can do um, when developing like a, a rule of life or a rhythm for your, um, for your life, um, which is why I'm excited. I think it's really cool that you're having like a decluttering um, week as well. Yeah. Right. I, that's really cool. That really does help with this. Stuff. That's something that we just we just did. We just purged every room of our house minus one. We need to do the bathroom still. But man, that really it really helps with your rituals and with um and really it also helps with like really revering God because like you're not distracted. You're not distracted. There, you have so many less distractions, and you're practicing simplicity, which is another spiritual discipline. Then you have more appreciation for what you actually have. You have more that you can give away, and you just have more space margin in your life, in your day, in your in your calendar. Um, yeah. We also just got planners recently, um, you know, like daily planners. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's practical things that you can do when establishing um, rituals and routines and uh, forming new habits. But ultimately, it just comes down to practicing the presence of God, finding you know just having a rhythm of practicing the presence of God and practicing the presence of people. And, you know, that's that's what Jesus modeled for us, loving God and loving people. He was the ultimate example of that. And we don't have to do it perfectly because he did it perfectly. Um, and he gives us the grace to grow in that. And we get to just uh, be us before him and love the journey and love ourselves today because he loved us today. If we could, if we could recommend like two resources, I think that'll be all that we have. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Cele- "Celebration of Discipline" by Richard Foster. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's a book that discusses twelve disciplines, um, and and in depth spiritual practices, um, spiritual, practices spiritual disciplines, um, and that can kind of give somebody an idea of of what exactly spiritual disciplines are, because sometimes we only think of prayer and Bible reading, um, right. but simplicity is one, celebration is one, um, fasting is one. I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's all, and there's way more than 12, but he, he discusses 12 in that book. Um, and uh, that can kind of open somebody up to the possibilities and ways that they can actually sit down and intentionally carve out time to mm-hmm. be with God so that they can then carry him throughout their day. Um, and then also uh, emotionally healthy spirituality by uh, Peter, Peter Scazzaro, is that it? Pete Scazzaro. Pete Scazzaro. Um, it's an incredible book. Um, and it's uh, really helped Crystal and I so much um, with our spiritual journeys. And a part of it is they have the daily office, and it's um, a day-by-day journey. It's time well, That's a separate book that we have to do. Well, oh, yeah. Well, okay, sure. Well, then there's a two plus a bonus. But it's a... <laughs> partner it's um what do you want to call it it co- the company's emotionally healthy spirituality um it's called the daily office and um just when you look at other religions 
you know, a lot of them, they have three set times a day in the Bible, different, um, different characters had uh, three sets time, three set uh, times of prayer a day or six different numbers. Um, but it's just pausing um, and in monasteries. Um, they do, they practice this, they'll pause whatever they're doing and uh, just have a time of prayer. Um, and it helps you to, when you're not just doing it in the morning and at night before you go to bed, but you're pausing midday during the workday, whatever, um, yeah. nap time and taking time with God. Um, but anyway, and in the in emotionally healthy spirituality, it also has at the end, you, you make a rule of life. Yeah. Very cool. So, amen and amen. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me. It was like more than I ever wanted. It's like amazing stuff. Thank you so much. Well, it was super fun. Thank you. It was. Yeah. Thanks for thinking of us. Oh, my God. Get ready, cause here I am.